Welcome to Watching Worst Films, the podcast in which we are journeying back through Razzie history, watching every worst picture winner. This year, we are off to 2002 with Swept Away. But before we get into that, my name is Jericho Reed, and I am your host. With me, Kyle Shemansky. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, so Swept Away is notorious <laughs> among the Razzies. It's the 2002 film directed by Guy Ritchie starring his then-wife, Madonna. And it's a remake of a beloved... I'll just look this up. <laughs> is it an Italian yeah, film? Yeah, it is an Italian It's the one thing I, I... So I knew it's a remake of an Italian film, and I assumed it was a, not a vanity project, but an excuse to go on holiday with your then-wife. That's it. That's like all I knew about it. I didn't know... Um, much about i mean i'm not the biggest guy richie aficionado i've seen only a couple of his films so this is one for me that I, I actually had no idea about i didn't know about how notorious it was or infamous in any way this is this is really quite a blind journey for me this film yeah i mean you hear about you hear about mr razzy going on about it and you see like not to not to get ahead of ourselves too much but the razzies of course do their sort of like worst of the decade and worst of like the last quarter century things mm -hmm. so you see in terms of Razzie's one this is this film is quite notorious but within the wider film world it's not like it has a reputation like Battlefield Earth or even something like Showgirls no and that's it I, I'm sure I said it before when we were setting up this episode um my girlfriend thought we were going to watch Flushed Away the Ardman film, <laughs> and she was like, "No, that's a great film. Why did that get nominated?" And I was like, "No, no, it's more like Castaway." <laughs> um, and, and to be honest, when was Castaway? That's something I never actually thought about. It was round about two thousand ninety nine. Okay. It's, it's 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 close enough to this film that this may have been trying to capitalize mm -hmm. on the sort of like Gilligan's Island survivalist thing. So yeah, this is this is a weird film because beyond the Razzies I hadn't really heard of it or I and not heard of it I hadn't really thought of it so it was only when we were looking through this and sort of saw like oh yeah the Guy Ritchie Madonna film that I then sort of like incorporated it back into his filmography mm -hmm. because like I don't know he's gone off the boil a little bit now that he is like sort of Disney like gun for hire but like I like I'm gonna say I did like like Guy Ritchie quite a bit at one point. Like I like the Sherlock Holmes films. I like Rock and Roller. I like Snatch. I like Lockstock. But this film just kind of like they've done a great job of just erasing this from Guy Ritchie's yeah. filmography. Because I, mean, I feel like no one really speaks about it. Again, like so, I, I don't. I mean, my my background with Guy Ritchie is I seen Lockstock when I was twelve. And I haven't seen it since. Um, and it was it's just not for me. I, I have seen Snatch. I keep forgetting he did Snatch. It's yeah. the most famous, I know. But like, uh, and I enjoyed Snatch. Like Tammy. <laughs> and I, <sighs> my little story, I went to see Sherlock Holmes in the cinema in London. But it was only because I was pulling an all-nighter all after a show. And it was, oh. it was on at 6 a.m. It was like the first show in. <laughs> And I was I was cold and tired. It was in like December, and um, I I remember the opening scene. I fell asleep, and then I woke up at the credits. So it was one of my best experiences in a cinema. Um, but other, <laughs> other than that, I, I I know his name. I know of him. I know he's done other films, but 
Would, would it be an exaggeration to say that Sherlock Holmes saved your life? Because I, if you honestly, hadn't seen that film, you'd have died of hypothermia yeah, on the streets. 100%. I was like, you can only linger about in a McDonald's for so long, you know? And I was like, oh, <laughs> the cinema, that'll save me. Cheaper than a hotel. Um, It's funny. My one of those was Kingsman 2, The Golden <laughs> Circle, where I saw Kingsman 2 at like... 10 o'clock waiting for like an early morning bus and that's of course uh directed by matthew vaughn mm-hmm. who produced this film yeah. back we go I matthew mean... vaughn making films for you to see when there is <laughs> nothing else to do so yeah but again really blind for me i don't even i haven't even looked up much about trivia or like production for this film i mean again R- yeah. rambo i could rattle on for hours and when we get to star trek but i just wanted to go in blind i wanted just to see what this would be like so you do you know the budget off have you looked up yeah so i've got it here in front of me i i just want to say though so i had to look up to try and work out where this was chronology wise in his career so Lockstock was 98 snatch was 2000 mm-hmm. this was 2002 so this is his third film okay and then he made revolver in oh, 2005 yeah. and so th- I, I haven't seen Revolver, but I know people hate Revolver. Yeah. And so this, I guess, is kind of when he went off the boil. Like, first two, Can Do No Wrong, invented like a geezer sub-genre. Yeah. <laughs> and then these two films sort of like despised, and then he brings it back with Rock and Roller. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't even seen Rock and Roller either. So again, because he's not for me. But, you know, like I, I do understand. I mean, that's a th- it's a third album kind of syndrome, isn't it? When you're going to go off and do something a bit different. You're, yeah. you're Jackie Brown, essentially. You're going to change your formula quite dramatically yeah. and offer something different. And it could either make or break you, you know, like uh, third albums are always like that for musicians. And um, so I, I understand that. And I understand that like the backlash from how bad this film is and how bad I assume <laughs> it did. I assume it did bad. It might have been a massive success for all I know. And then that's going to put you off. You take three years, four years out and then come back and try again. Okay, so... The budget for this film was ten million dollars, okay. which is incredibly cheap. Well, really, okay, because I read. So I, I was thinking about forty million was going to be my guess. Um, yeah, and I, and see, that was like, oh, Madonna is going to have to take a. But then I was like, Madonna might have done it for free, or very cheap because of Guy Ritchie. So that might have made sense. And it's all fucking two locations or whatever. There's not much cast in it. It wouldn't be expensive to get the rights to the original. Uh, it makes sense that this was a cheap film, to be honest. Yeah, when you look outside the cast, there's no one of Madonna's profile. So Elizabeth Banks is in this, but this mm-hmm. is obviously like pre forty year old virgin, even like pre like mm-hmm. pre like. I guess this is Spider Man Two. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks. But it's it's a day <laughs> it's a day's shoot for her, you know. It's not she's not yeah, she's not yeah. in it long. And and she's not gonna cost you. She'll be like pennies to the dollar. Yeah, and, and Bruce Greenwood's in it as well. He plays the husband of Madonna. He's the only yeah. recognizable one. He's in first blood, so it all comes back to Rambo. Um, but this is <laughs> this would be well pre um he's most known for Captain Pike in the Star Trek reboots. Okay. So like at this time, I think he's just doing TV. He's not. He's not going to be much. He'll be. He'll be cheap. And again, he's yeah. pretty, how long he's in it? A couple of days. Shoot, holiday to Italy. Easy money. And the the the, the male romantic lead is Adriano Giannini, who's the son of Giancarlo Giannini, who played the lead in the original film. Hmm. I didn't know and that. so this this is his second 
like this is his second credit. Okay, yeah, because so I, I, he's no, not exactly going to be uh, yeah. commanding. And and I'm, I assume that's quite a passion thing from as well to reprise the role of his that his dad made famous. I assume. Yeah. But yeah, I had no idea who he was. Um. So and I still don't. So <laughs> fair play. Yeah. He's a Nepo baby. There you go. Okay, so with all that context, ten million budget. How much do you think it made? Uh, double it. I'll go with twenty million. Oh boy, <laughs> you are off. You can half it, <laughs> and you're still too high. Oh god! It made one million and thirty-six thousand dollars. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Um, oh, so this um, is one of our biggest flops that even with such a tiny budget that, that's incredible yeah. i kind of thought like madonna i mean madonna's not an, in my opinion a uh, draw in 2002 but she's mm. she's still um, she's a name but guy ritchie she is, had some cachet guy yeah, ritchie yeah. is and you, you know like and i like to think of the big the geezer fans of the 30s first two coming to see this you know <laughs> <laughs> all right mate <laughs> Fourth was swept away. Can't wait till Vinnie Jones shows up. <laughs> yeah, so I thought purely like the tabloid angle might get this more views, particularly when this exists in a pre like internet piracy age of like you're not able to check this out on streaming. So like Guy and Madonna were kind of like a power couple mm. back in the day. It was like Brad and Angelina, like uh like i don't know <laughs> yeah. who else but um, um <laughs> the thing is though like maybe it got such a limited release because it is shit and the producers probably knew it was shit and just dump it basically i mean if this was done now in 23 it would be straight to prime or disney plus or something but fucking forget yeah. about it and maybe it got a limited release. That's the only thing I can think of why it would be such a small return. Yeah, because you'd think even like even with like even being critically panned, even being as like as terrible as it is, like there has to be something going on. Because you'd think like this something has they have catastrophically dropped the ball. Like you said, the studio must have just buried this and not marketed it or something. Because for this to lose nine tenths of its budget, <laughs> nine tenths of its like extraordinarily small budget, yeah, when it's got like such sort of like like famous sort of like well, tabloid yeah, gossip worthy stars, it would be a it would be a safe bet for the producers, you know, like yeah, uh, big names, um, big power yeah. couple, cheap budget, yeah, like you'd think this is going to be a real safe return, at least at least going to break even, um. But yeah. maybe once they've seen the final cut, they're like, ah, fuck, we can't. And maybe Guy Ritchie didn't really want it out there either. Maybe once he's <laughs> realised what he'd done, um, but yeah, yeah bet it. We, we should have done more research into like the story of production and trying to find quotes from Guy Ritchie. Maybe we'll speak to him about it when we get him on the podcast. Like, Guy, do you mind telling us about this film you made with your ex-wife, which is notoriously hated? Do you mind going into, like, was this, like, was this a fun time for you, making a film that everyone shat on? But, yeah, so without further ado, getting into the plot of the film. So, Madonna plays... A woman called Amber, and she is on a cruise with her husband. Yeah. They are uh they're an American couple mm. and they're like they're sort of like a, a wealthy socialite upper class. They're they're the one percent. Yes, they are. They're, they're talking about capitalism and communism <laughs> and they hate the help and they hate ethnic types. 
they're, they're abhorrent people. They're like fucking they're, dreadful, yeah. It, it's so racist. Like, okay, okay, to contextualize this, the film opens with, like, the credits. We're reaching new levels of this isn't a film because I said to you, like, this looks like a beer commercial. Mm-hmm. Like, it's indistinguishable from, like... Peroni's probably doing it, like because some Peroni commercials look like films. So well, they, they look, <laughs> this looks like less of a film. It's, than al- a it's almost an insult. Yeah, it's almost an insult yeah. to the commercials because <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm sure Guy Ritchie's directed commercials that, or like music For videos. Sure, yeah. He knows what the fuck to do. Like I, I as soon as it opened, I, I said to you, I was, I was shocked at how bad it looked. Yeah, the font was. Like for the title of the film, was, it was thrown together was, on it, Windows it, Movie literal, Maker. Aerial, the first font available. <laughs> the default. <yeah. laughs> Hasn't bothered to increase it. It's down at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> um, and as I, like, I, I did not expect it to be so shortly made right off the bat. I mean, again, Guy Ritchie, I expected it to be, you know. A, I don't know, of all the erotic films we see as well, I'm expecting at least an indecent proposal level of quality in there. Um, Well, that's the thing that people kind of, like, shit on Guy Ritchie for, is that they say he's too much of a stylist. They're like, oh, it's all sort of, like, voiceover and quick cuts and slow-mo, and, like, he's just too... Whereas this is... (laughs) This is the complete opposite. Yeah, it's genuine. (laughs) Genuinely, I was taken aback by it, and... um, and then we were introduced to Madonna and her accent and and these horrible people, like you said. And I, I, I was just dreading it. I think, thankfully, one thing was we, we kind of recapped this movie. I, I was thinking this could be summarised in a paragraph. This is yeah. a wafer-thin kind of plot. So, like, yeah, we are on a boat with these terrible people and these stereotype, stereotypical, rather, um, Italian crewmen. There's some terrible back and forth between the captain and the sort of other crew members and again i don't even know the character's name adriano is the actor he said uh, what was the name of oh pepe 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 is madonna keeps calling him and she is she hates him you know she's got it out for this guy she just got this snobby sort of like like you said she's abhorrent she's just this she's just evil to him um yeah <laughs> it's really it's over the top and like i said to you as it was going through it um she's so hateful that there was no way this was going to swing right there's no way you're going to get me to root for madonna no. at all i mean they, she's she's the worst of the bunch as well even even the snobbiness of all the other characters they're not as hateful as she is She's just got this cruelty about her. She's targeting Giuseppe, who is one of the I don't know what he does on the ship. He's just help, I guess. But yeah, like so this is this is the first like fifteen minutes we spent on this boat. Elizabeth Banks is kind of pissing about and um all the other couples. I think it was couples, right? They, they weren't friends. Did, yeah, did they know each other? Yeah. Um Fuck knows. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't um, expecting deep I wasn't expecting Castaway basically already at this point. Yeah. I knew this wasn't going to be this character-driven, introspective look at people and how they adapt to circumstances when they inevitably get swept away. But yeah, fucking hell, it was it was a it was a strange start. I just didn't expect it. Okay, so as as you said, like the plot is is wafer thin, and and speaking about like about how like hateful it is. Um, I my my notes are probably about forty words long, mm-hmm. and two of those words are racism. Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> this, um, I mean, I know I've spoke about. I, I think it's my uh, steady decline since Diana, our premiere, 
that I've taken less and less notes and just yeah, yeah. Um, because what's the point sometimes um, unless it's something I'm passionate about I, I unless there's something that sticks out as well they're the only things I were quotes and bits of dialogue and a couple of scenes that are memorable to me but this is probably one of the least memorable films I've watched for the Razzies um I will forget this film and I didn't take much notes of, like you say apart from racism and a couple of scenes Shocking. I fear I'm not going to forget this film. <laughs> I will forget 90% of it, but some images of this film and like I'm going to I'm going to build this film up to being just like something more sort of like singular and perhaps like remarkable than it is because I'm just going to throw out all the crap and make like a 5-minute supercut of Madonna being like kicked around the beach and then falling in love with a rapist. Yeah, um, I mean, so, so it's, it's the background in my video here is the only <laughs> scene I, I laughed at and enjoyed and I will remember is um, so Giuseppe is getting he's getting. To get okay, him. okay, hang on, hang on. We'll 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 deal with that. I'll, I'll let is, me cross it, off my notes. Okay, okay, um, bring me up to scrap. First note, Pepe. I just I just have that because I I think I was trying to get like the characters initially. And so Amber, easy to remember, Amber Heard, Pepe, <laughs> Pepe, he's Giuseppe, they call him Pepe, and Madonna calls him Pepe. Second note, racism, because they are, like, just abhorrently racist. Mm -hmm. Like, they, like, what's your note that you have from later on, where she's like, you dirty black man, or like... You, you black, you literally, black hairy midget, is what she calls him. <laughs> which, yeah. which he's like, neither of any of the three, really. Like, he's quite an oiled, yeah. bronzed Italian. Like, he's tall, and he's taller than her. Like, uh, fucking... <laughs> I, I, I thought the racism, and again, it's, it was really not subtle, but it had that, um, what I kind of call a Mamma Mia problem. You know, and it's such a stereotype version of Italy, and the, you know, the mandolins are playing, and everything, <laughs> everything, you know... It's still Mio face, is, is that yeah, exactly. It's still Mio face. And everybody's just speaking like a deese. And, um, yeah, I was like, oh no! Uh, even if they're actual Italian actors, which I assume most of the Italians were, they they were so grossly offensive with their accents, which I assume is the direction from Mr. Ritchie. Before like even the actual racism kind of gets, gets started, there was a cloud of racism over the film. Yeah, and um, because I know I did remember their journey is going from Italy to Greece. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, if they do make it to Greece, I am dreading to see what they're going to be, you know, like, <laughs> like this is going to be so offensive. But thankfully, they don't make it to Greece, so anyway, continue. Well, welcome to Nambla Island, <laughs> we're in Greece. <laughs> Man, boy, love, my friend Plato and Socrates are just getting it on in Greece. Yeah, so um, my next note is loathsome, because again, just covered... This is kind of what you said. They're laying it on so thick, knowing that this film is, like, notionally a romance. It, within the first ten minutes, you're like, there's no way they can pull no. this back. Like, they have just layered this on too thick, where it's, like, there, there's no room for growth. Of You can't be like, oh, she dehumanizes him, but when she actually gets to know him as an individual they respect each other and fall in love. It's just like, no. Absolutely. This woman does not deserve love. If, if they get stranded on an island and Pee-Pee cooks and eats her, he will still be sympathetic. 100%. Because she is awful. <laughs> um, and, like, 
but just like everyone's kind of bad. No, they are. They're they are. They're all they're all terrible people, and it's like written and designed that way. But even but she's even the Italians. Up. Yeah, yeah, she's like sadistic levels of cruelty. Because I'm trying to think, like, because Peepee's horrible once they get to the island, and but you can't even root for it in terms of like the, the comparison. The jumping off point for me is, I realize it's like, oh, this is just triangle of sadness, which great film. And has that kind of like class commentary mm-hmm. of once you remove people from a capitalist system and you're in a like sort of remote environment where working class skills are more useful than <laughs> capital, they turn on their head. And so, you, but you can't you can't root for this here in terms of like he's kind of just like a bit shitty. So you're not like he's not like he's a like a downtrodden sympathetic guy. He, he, who you're like rooting he has for no hope. personality though. His personality is he's yeah. an Italian, and um, <laughs> you know he he doesn't have. I, I don't like the chemicals. <laughs> That's my next note. Yeah. Chemicals. He doesn't like. He really doesn't like chemicals. He gets one little dig in when they when they ask him at dinner about what he thinks about capitalism or something and he's um you know money makes a nothing it is not a person and uh that's it like there's nothing to him he's so black i know like uh, the sodium <laughs> i know like uh, the potassium i know like uh the uh magnesium i know like uh, these uh these elements they are not for me um in italy we make a pasta we don't make a science in italy the only sodium we are interested in is uh, the salt and we put it with another pasta so yeah, it's just it, it, it's a, an abhorrent movie, and then like so then because he's suffering so much, but not like not in a sort of downtrodden way. It's mm-hmm. almost like you're like you almost want to agree with Guy Ritchie that you're like, yeah, these Italians are misogynist savages, so they kind of semi deserve <laughs> what they get. Because then we have the dream sequence. Yeah, um, this is my I, I want to take over here because this is my my only yeah. highlight. Um, Giuseppe's at the end of his tether and he yeah. speaks to the captain. He, I, I want to stab a daddy's beach. And um, they all, all the crewmen fucking hand over their knives. And I was like, oh, ooh, exciting. But he doesn't. So what he does get instead is um, when he serves the rich fucks their fish and Madonna yeah. complains is bad fish. He has a dream sequence where he dips the fish, or looks like spaghetti, but it was meant to be fish over her head and then just fucking yeets her right into the sea and i was like oh yes and like i and like part of me knew that this was going to be the old switcheroo and i was going to be fucking... you didn't think this is how they're going to get swept know, well, away part, as he just part, throws her well, like, overboard what, and has to jump off that's what it her. is that's what i was hoping for and that's what but part of me deep in my subconscious i knew that was too good to be true and I think I think as soon as I thought it out, you know, thought it to myself, it switched back to reality and my heart fucking sunk because I'm not going to get that. But yeah, for one brief second, I was like, yep, just fucking heat Madonna in the sea and they'll all have to go overboard and try and catch her. She'll go missing and then he'll have to go rescue her because it's his duty as a sea man or something. I don't know. Um, but no, it's just a fucking little dream sequence. And it's But it's the one highlight. It was an intentional laugh, I think. I assume. And yet, and then that was, okay. that was it. <laughs> maybe this is where we speak about it. I do have this note for a bit later on, but it's maybe good to introduce it here. 
this is an insane movie to make with your wife. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of, I don't know, maybe this is like, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting too much to suggest a kind of autobiographical reading. But to make a film which you tip food over your wife's head and then yeet her off a boat... It's, it's something I would expect when we get to it later. It's something I'd expect the John and Bo Derek to do. I'm sure they you know, okay. they could do a 98, you know, because they've got a weird sort of relationship, and he's always casting her with other men and stuff, and yeah. not not cucking himself, I guess, but just having such weird dynamics and why you would cast your wife in these situations and not just strictly make vanity projects between the two of you. Yeah. I don't understand it. It's insane why they'd want to do this why guy would want to do this and write this as well like this is not just a, a job for hire this is something he wanted to do yeah it's so odd for madonna's point of view like okay i guess if her husband wants to make it then sure you'll be like whatever you want to like whatever helps you get your dream project made but for madonna to be like I want to p play like a shrill r racist harpy who gets like sort of beaten and abused there's, and then falls in love with her captor. It's like, it's not a fun character. But I, uh, there's <laughs> a part of me, and I could be speaking out my ass here, but a part of me thinks she wasn't the first choice. And, and like, like you know, like he probably wanted to make an actual movie and it wouldn't, you know, who the fuck's going to fund it? This is kind of going into my, my theory about the production of it, which I'd like to know more. Because no one wants to fucking remake your Italian film from the 70s. I'm not going to fund this. But, oh, wait, I've got Madonna. My wife will do it. Okay, okay, all right, yeah. you know, fair enough. We, we can fund it. I don't think she was first choice. I, I mean, she's not a lead actress in any regard for anything, really. I mean, Evita and stuff aside. So, so we've spoken about this as like a Sandler thing of like, this is just an excuse to go on holiday. But you think Guy Ritchie was like, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd really like to go on holiday with Angelina Jolie and you can look after the kids while yeah, <laughs> like, no, I'm yeah, wishing. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, well it's, it's, a, it's a Sandler holiday, but just for Sandler. He's not bringing his family, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, he's the opposite of grown-ups. There, there was an interesting quote from the, like, uh, there was an interesting quote where Guy Ritchie said that he cast Madonna because she was cheap and available. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> I, I don't know, that's a kind of like, you think that's a funny, like, facetious thing to say, and it just has aged poorly uh, because the film is as dreadful as yeah. it is, where you're like, oh yeah, no, that is a genuine, sincere, like, she was cheap. <laughs> um, um, you get what you pay for kind of thing. But yeah, yeah so maybe I don't, maybe that supports your, okay, yeah, supports no, is. your reading, um, is we just can't quite stretch for Catherine Zeta-Jones. Exactly, so and you're thinking, Madonna you know, is. I mean... It's 2002, so I'm struggling to... Uh, Halle Berry's not going to fucking do this, is she? Just I, I was going to say, she's too, busy, <laughs> she's too busy with Die Another Day, but then so is Madonna, so I, I don't know what yeah. fucking goes against that. But yeah, you're not going to get an A-lister here, you're not going to get anyone relevant. You're going to get someone... I don't know in the original if it's the same age of the characters, but you are getting a, a lightly past your prime Madonna, you know, 2002 Madonna, so... Yeah, weird. Very fucking weird. Well, speaking of Pasture Prime, so the fish, like, she speaks about fish so much in this. Mm -hmm. And one of my weird obsessions, which has just been rattling around my head since 2020, within the early days of lockdown, I think I've spoken about it on the podcast, Madonna makes a very weird video in lockdown. Like, you know how the celebs lost their mind mm -hmm. and you think like the Imagine video happened like six months into the pandemic, but really it was like six days. <laughs>
with within like two days of not having attention, Madonna had uploaded some weird video where she's singing, I think, a parody of Vogue, where she's like, "We don't need no pasta, we need fish. I mean, fish, fried fish, <laughs> fried fish. Come on, well, fish. I mean, um, yeah." So that was just what I was thinking, and I need to rewatch the Madonna Vogue fish video to be like. <laughs> Are there swept away references in there that I didn't get at the time? I mean, maybe um, she's just got a thing for fish in general. I don't think Madonna's the most hinged person that's ever lived. Well, people people pointed that that was like an early like adrenochrome thing. Like you know how like pizza gators and conspiracy theorists were like, oh, like the celebs have all aged like a thousand years in lockdown because they can't get their their children like the the democrat pedophile <laughs> ring like tom hanks doesn't have covid he's just dying because he can't get adrenochrome or whatever i remember seeing people were like pouring over because i think madonna might be like we can't get no pizza i need fish and, and people <laughs> n- n- I, I did it last week with taylor swift not to suggest that i'm some sort of like under the silver lake like conspiracy theorist looking for hidden meanings in like memes and tiktoks but people thought that Madonna made this insane, weird video where she's singing about fish to like try and like send some message to like Epstein Cabal. <laughs> um, but what if the hidden message was in fact a reference to uh, yeah, well, Swept Away? Where do you think that? Where do you think this fucking cruise was going anyway? You know, <laughs> <laughs> they had the little singings. Um, yeah. Um, honestly that would redeem it if you find out that his like last shot is just like the camera sinks below the cabin and you see like her husband closing the doors there's loads of like children gagged up anyway my notes tail off here i don't have anything for them getting shipwrecked no Um... they're they're out on a dinghy and they just kind of get like stranded it is and it's got only it's got like pp and amber it's got yeah so um, i can't i can't even fucking remember i think i blinked and missed it but um why were they in the dinghy? I, I remember them being in the dinghy, but something about... I don't know why you would put two people who hate well, each no, other. Well, no, it's because they, they missed, the rest of them went out, I think. And the rest yeah, of the yeah. crew and passengers went out and Madonna's PP fucking ignorant bastard, like, get, <laughs> catch me up to them. So they'd go in a dinghy. It has one of the cheapest, worst-looking shots of a storm. It's probably only two seconds. It's so quick. <laughs> because it is fucking horrendous it is like 2002 adobe effects it is fucking grim and then they're on the fucking island and it's so cheap and yeah okay we're just filming on a fucking bit of beach and a bit of italy you know maybe down an island off greece or something but this is where my notes pretty much tail off i think we're not even halfway through the movie yet it's quite a short movie as well just for the record thank christ but like, yeah, like when they get there, the my first note is the the one AA of uh, PP who turns from this little subservient Italian thing to just thing. like, <laughs> like <laughs> this what? movie's rubbed off on you, Kyle. He's a human being to, to this like Andrew Tate alpha male character. Well, that's why I'm like, like I we get little hints at it, but that's why. You can't feel too sympathetic towards PP because I, I I think it's kind of there in the earlier scenes. Guys, like, listen, don't feel sorry for these Italians because, like, although we might be mistreating them, although we might be horrendously racist towards them, they are like 
subhuman brutes that are just like <laughs> if you give them like a if you give them an inch they'll take a mile they're just waiting to go wild with their sort of like um, violent savage ways and like that was jarring like of course it was jarring like him to yeah. suddenly turn around but because it's like they land on that island he's immediately he pulls instantly. off his belt yeah. and it's just like oh there's a no police on this <laughs> island because at least uh, madonna still has a bit of her original character for the first minute or so you know she's where's the telephone yeah. i'm gonna get my lawyer and there's yeah. always a lawyer on an island if there's a telephone you will listen a lady there are no <laughs> lawyers on this island so yeah that's where like it just turns into you know he's he says to her as well you either obey my laws here or the laws of nature i know how to live i know how to survive because i'm a barbaric italian that can live in the wild i'm a man <laughs> mr tate he says a man they work for their living whereas a women they are just the sponges i'm gonna i'm gonna start a webcam business on this island we're gonna sex a traffic of some girls to this island we're gonna get a wi-fi set up it's gonna be a real nice i'm gonna do the lover boy method um, yo amber my <laughs> there are not the loading on here. We got the no signal. Come on, fix this up, woman. Kiss on my hand. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't want this to become two men just joking about like domestic abuse or whatever the island version of island abuse. But like, it's just him beating her up. Yeah, like he's he he tortures her. Like it's so sadistic. Yeah, it is. And like, yeah, you're not, I'm not, we're not here to defend domestic abuse on an island, of course, or an island abuse. And it's like, although they've made Madonna the worst character ever, he's still, you know, obviously I don't, it's still strange to see her just getting the living shit beaten out of her for 30 minutes and tortured and made to sleep outside like a dog. Well, speaking about like what we, our expectations were for I Know Who Killed Me. This is it. Yeah, yeah. This is the sadistic torture porn yeah. of I'm just watching a woman get tortured for an hour. Mm -hmm. So one of my notes is Passengers. Have you seen the Passengers, Passengers, the Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence movie? I have not, no. So Passengers is dreadful. Um <laughs> you, you, you know the you know the premise? No, I, I I I can see the poster in my head and that's about as far as I know. It's kind of like an interstellar thing, like Earth is inhospitable and people are heading on a cruise liner to like a new planet and they're frozen in like cryosleep because obviously they won't yeah. make it otherwise. And so spoilers for passengers, something goes wrong and Chris Pratt gets woken up and he is like wandering around this ship on his own and again i don't think for particularly long i think it's another like celebs going insane after being on their own for like two days kind of thing he's on his own for like 12 hours and then he's like man i'm lonely and he starts like looking through the other passengers in their pods and like watches their little videos and learns about them and he that sees jennifer lawrence and so he wakes Jennifer Lawrence up and is like, yeah, yeah, like something went wrong with your your pod and something went wrong with mine. And I guess now we'll just need to spend the rest of our lives together. And the movie builds it as like a romance of like, she eventually finds out that like, oh, you, you woke me up and essentially mm -hmm. killed me. Like, I'm never going to get to see like my friends or family. I'm never going to get to have a life not on this ship. 
because of you the the movie kind of builds it as like a oh like it, it's romantic and you know that's just like a sort of like minor like minor like thing of like you'd have done the same in his position as opposed to like dealing with like the actual uh the actual consequences of it and one of my friends has read the screenplay and screenplay written by john spates who i think wrote the mummy he wrote something we spoke about recently but anyway, one of my friends read the screenplay and he said the screenplay is really good and it could have been a really good movie because it's written as a horror movie. Like it's written as like a Stockholm syndrome of like you have to spend the rest of your life with well, it, like. Because it's, it's an interesting concept. It's like that twist on 2001 almost, you know. Yeah. Being alone uh, like Dave Bowman is in the 2001 and you know having the horror aspect like you're saying of waking someone up and spending spending the rest of your life with a rapist kind of yeah well speaking of rape um so exactly so that's why it was like (laughs) this movie could have been really good if they lent into this isn't a romance this is a horror movie because you're stuck with a psycho who beats the shit out of you but at the same time you're like i am dependent on him to live it would have been a great it would have been great to see like madonna have to be the submissive like slave and during the day and at night time she sneaks trying to find a way out trying to build trying to cast away herself almost trying to you know get a raft or something kill him or something well no because she can't kill him because she won't be able to survive without him so that's that's my thing is i'm like yeah you need to bear yourself to him to an extent so my ending to swept away is she sees a ship on the horizon and then just like garrots him with some pearls of yeah. like great now you're gone like or, i don't or, need you or anymore better, you know she swims out and gets rescued and there is, oh, is there anyone like, no, no 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 <laughs> and then just leave him yeah leave him to rot by himself on an island forever um, god like they're they're like so there is so much interesting stuff you can do with this film like the idea and this film does none of it <laughs> it does nothing absolutely nothing and we're not even at the point yet where it's going to start padding itself out but yeah these are like my only so i don't know how quickly this comes to it despite just watching it but obviously they're gonna build a relationship um i, I didn't know how it was gonna go if it was gonna be like that 50 shades of gray sort of dominant dominant and submissive because roles it, and stuff. It, 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 it's it's like that like he's mm-hmm. like a, you will call me master yeah, we're on does, the yeah. red beach here you will <laughs> be on your knees in the red beach because you are a woman and a woman deserves it to be on her knees there's like some phallic scene where he's like this a knife this a knife heaves a life mm-hmm. and this a knife uh, takes life this is a rada. This is a strong. You will a kiss of the knife. Mm-hmm. Suck of the knife. Yeah, that's all right. I'm going to hold of the knife around the bottom of my crotch and you're going to put it in your mouth. Yeah, it's like it has that sort of weird, like certain kind of person's sexual fantasies of being trapped on an island with a gorgeous Italian rapist who's going to like boss you around. Well, that's it. So we're, we're dancing about it, but that's how they bond essentially is through rape. Um, no, no, no. We need to turning point. Turning point okay. first is okay. the music video scene. Is that big, uh, yeah. So I can't remember. I think he just yeah, beats her. Like I think he, he just beats her. the yeah, shit so, out yeah, of her. Yeah, he does. He's beating and her. And then the music video is when he's like, her, oh, and then he says, hello. he says to him, uh, "Dance for me." And she's like, yeah. "I can't. I can't. I don't know why she's got an Italian accent." But she's like, "I can't <laughs> the dance." Um, yeah without music it's, it's like, just stockholm syndrome she yeah. identifying with her capture <laughs> she's adopted an italian accent 
Uh-huh. Uh, and he said, she's like, I can't dance without any music. And he's like, well, sing then. And I, I said to you, I was like, ah, oh, fuck's sake. No, Madonna, don't, don't do it. Don't sing. Restrain I was yourself. hoping that she was going to go backstage, make a coconut bra. She was going to make some lights with like fire and just do like a full Madonna stage <laughs> show. If she's going to do like a virgin, she's going to have an I, amazing I, choreography. She's going to, I thought she was going to sing Die Another Day and I was going to turn <laughs> off the fucking film. Um, but no, she, she screeches and she puts on a bad voice. And I can then, like shuffle awkward yeah. from one foot to the other. And then he, he well, he hallucinates, he daydreams. Um, yeah, maybe this is, maybe this is feeding into your like, she's poisoned him with some sea urchins yeah. or something <laughs> like. and then yeah he'll he'll essentially hallucinates a madonna music video which is fucking weird yeah. what um, she's singing it's not like the girl from ipanema but it is one of those like of, sort yeah, of slow is, low tempo yeah do, 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 um do, 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 it's very do, do, jarring do. as well it's, <laughs> again like we're not really seeing anything other than a boat in an island so it was weird to have sort of other musicians and other people around um, yeah yeah and i was like all right cool. yeah so that's that's the point i guess where he that's where he's like oh hey you might be good for something else uh, <laughs> women maybe not uh maybe not only belong in the kitchen maybe women are good for something in the bedroom too and then so yeah and then a couple of scenes later in fact they fight and um she runs away from him on the beach well he says Sorry. like he says, you think I'm a staring at your ass? And then, like, this is where I have racism and misogyny, because it's just like this This movie is just like the, the, the men are from Mars, women are from Venus, of like, women are racist, men are misogynist, how are we ever going to get along? Um, because, like, he is, this is where, like, yeah, it, it, it's impossible to feel sympathetic for him in any way prior to him being a rapist, because, like, He's just like a misogynist piece of shit. But he's like, you think I'm a staring at your ass, huh? And she's like, no. And he's like, come on, then. You, you... I don't know why he's turning into Borat. Come on, then. <laughs> you show me your ass. Very nice. Uh, get, take off of your top. You show pee your tits, huh? And he just like chases her around the island. Mm-hmm. Like... Like a Pepe Le Pew style rapist pursuing her around the <laughs> island, being like, take off your top. And then, like, so yeah, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, I understand it's a remake of an Italian film, right? And <laughs> as a connoisseur of Italian exploitation in the 70s, yeah, I, okay, so maybe I'm wrong as well. Maybe, maybe Guy Ritchie specifically wrote this and it isn't in the original, but I assume it yeah. is. And I think when you're remaking a film from Italy, from the 70s, you probably best leave out the rape scene. Maybe maybe that won't translate to your Hollywood audience. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you won't be able to deliver it with any the nuance or whatever you think you're gonna do. So just fucking maybe just leave that part out. You know, just just leave that to the side. But I did not I did not expect rape in this film. I just I I, I expected a fucking rom com. I expected Yeah, exactly. I, so, yeah. I expected the stupid rom-com like, i expected cheese yeah That's I, expected, what I expected i expected actually future like, level of yeah it's gonna be just a cheesy rom-com 80 minutes 90 minutes whatever swept away they get cast away fall in love realize that their physical attraction is more than their class differences and their cultural differences yeah. they bond together i'm not gonna fuck really. a coconut am i no, you're <laughs> the only person here so it's um, so, so fucking yeah so fucking weird well you you pointed that out and my note was the score is doing an incredible amount of heavy lifting <laughs> because 
when he's been chasing her, being like, take off of your top. Show daddy what's underneath. Come on. Very nice. You will be my wife. Pamela Anderson. Very nice. Great success. And when he catches her and then has sex of debatable consent, the, 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 the score is just like, a, the score is just like, don't think about this too much. Yeah. This is romantic. Listen to the music. Yeah. <laughs> Don't question the images. <laughs> and then and then like after this, I don't have I don't have any notes. Um they, they there's montages out the fucking ass, there's yeah. them pissing about, you know. Well we get Mazzy Star over. We get Mazzy Star, montages. yeah. Um, over one is, of the montages. Which is a weird, you know, a weird choice, but like uh, maybe that's Mazzy Star also stranded on this beach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I my notes tail off as well. The only one that I really have is the rapist going to deliver female empowerment monologue. Oh, yeah. Because they speak about, like, getting back to civilization, where Madonna is fully just, like, she's Stockholm syndrome up. She is just, Mm -hmm. like, fully in love with her rapist. And, And she's like, oh, like, you probably wouldn't be interested in me back in the back in the mainland in the real world when like i'm not as young as some other girls or whatever and then he's like shut up by your face <laughs> you're a woman i like her Pippi likes a grown a woman you're better than these other girls you know what we- society is a too too harsh on the women and the- their body issues and their aging you know what you are like a fine wine you know aging's a no better thing <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so jarring when we're then making him like a progressive feminist. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I, I love that as well. Like I said to you at the time, I wanted a, a hard cut to Madonna current age <laughs> with her exploding lips and her peeled back face. Sorry, Madonna, for when you come on the podcast. Uh, please please don't listen to this. But, listen, um, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Taylor Swift, time. Madonna, it's all these yeah. pop stars. Um, <laughs> Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so wrap, now racing towards the yeah, end. Wrap it up. They, like, I'm not, yeah, wrap yeah. it up. Definitely. They, get, they get saved. They go back to the mainland and like, where does the ring come from? So um, one of Captain Pike's men lawyers delivers a gift uh, which Pepe thinks yeah. is a bribe. I don't know to take a young blood <laughs> and um but he does and then yeah. he goes to buy a ring with it. Yeah. Then am I missing anything in between? I can't quite remember the chronology. I just remember the ending and then I'm trying to reverse engineer from that. Yeah, well take um, it away then. He gets the fucking ring and then So they come back to civilization, she kind of goes off with her husband, he kind of goes off and does his own thing, but then he's like, requires the ring, and he's been writing letters to her about, you know, like, they're gonna, like, I I still love you, and you know what, maybe maybe one time uh, I could rape you in a hotel room or something, that would be kind of nice, doesn't have to be a beach thing, and she doesn't reply, and then... Like, we get the indecent proposal scene where she gets flown off in a helicopter with her husband. And that's when you find out that he has been intercepting the letters. Because she wasn't not replying to PP because she didn't want to be with him. She just, you know... Captain Pike's not letting that happen. It's a brief encounter, yeah. Yeah, it's a a hilarious ending. It's not a million (laughs) years what I would have expected. I didn't expect Captain Pike to intercept letters to stop love to stop <laughs> um, so everyone's going to be miserable in 
swept away too after this film. They're, you know, Pepe's going to be aimless. He's not going to be the king of a beach being able to rape at will. Madonna's <laughs> never going to feel like she's got purpose or she's loved properly, you know, because she did say at one point in the film she was only an absolute bitch because she was miserable and she was taking it out on the world. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, everyone, everyone. I was suffers. only racist because I was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he then throws the ring into the sea. Mm-hmm. And we're just like a hard cut to credits. Yep. Like I was so overjoyed. Like no messing around. Like I can't remember who said it. Might have been Billy Wilder who was like, l- like join every scene late and leave every scene early. Mm-hmm. And Guy follows that to a T of just like ring into ocean and the ring, the ring just hits. <laughs> It's the ocean, and then credits start playing. Yeah, and we get the ring falling. He does not hang around. <laughs> oh, he's a... <laughs> which uh, like you I'm know yeah, to that it. film's strength. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> there we go. That has been swept away. It's not going to surprise you, Kyle, to learn that this film won a bunch of awards. Yeah, no surprise. Worst actor Adriano Giannini was nominated for Giuseppe, aka PP. He lost to another Italian, but I don't think he was too bad. No, like I mean, he's not good. Yeah, I'm not gonna like defend. He's not Razzie winning worthy. I guess you can't escape being in this film and not get nominated. Yeah, it doesn't help with his character and his dialogue and the writing is a is pretty atrocious. But he is not he is not the worst part of this film at all. No, as you said, like the writing is doing a lot of like the whatever the opposite of the heavy lifting. The the writing has saddled him with a heavy load where he's gonna kind of crack under that of like mm-hmm. you're playing like a despicable stereotype. So he brings a little bit of humanity. He's probably he's hot. I think that's basically just it. Is he's hot. So it's 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 possible to imagine, like, I don't know giving him more of like an internal life it's like Mm -hmm. i was speaking about that like having seen like streetcar named desire the other day with paul mescal and i was like hmm do i just like this guy because he's hot like because he's paul mescal or because he's marlon brando i was like if this guy was james gandolfini would i feel the same way don't Um, you dare (laughs) (laughs) okay moving on worst actress we then have madonna split winner for swept away amber layton okay yeah i mean i i think and i I know you've said the writing as well is it's hard to make any car any actress play this and be likable but madonna is not a good actress um there's no way about it she's some of the some of her accent, some of her delivery, some of her physical acting as well is so fucking dreadful. I would never have believed that it was her husband that was directing her if I didn't know it already. So yeah, I I I don't like Madonna on this. Yeah, like I said, this is an insane thing, an insane film to make with your wife because they're just like, there's no affection for her from behind the camera, like. Like the movie doesn't really like you. You'd think with your husband directing it, they'd kind of want to make you fall in love with her as an audience mm-hmm. member. But it's just like so cold towards her. Like she has. Speaking of internal life, she just has zero internal life. She's mm-hmm. not believable as anything other than Madonna reading some lines. Yeah, and I think I think she's better than she's been in other things. I'm still gonna hold up Body of Evidence. It's probably one of the worst performances I've seen her give. But like. Like I, I, I do think like no one could salvage this character, but she does like a, a kind of yeah. I don't shade. think, and I, I stand, I agree with that. I don't think anyone would salvage it and really 
make it good is probably far too much of a stretch, but they could at least deliver it, you know, believable. For sure. Yeah, like, yeah. She, she's not, there's not one time throughout this whole film where I thought she was a character and it wasn't just Madonna, like you said, reading lines. No. So, uh, she, so, so it wasn't <laughs> a nomination. The bus has yeah. crashed and it's... Uh... Yeah, this was not a nomination, though. This was a win, right? You did say. Yeah, joint win. Good, good. Okay, and then we're zipping on down just because no one else is really in the film. No. Worst screen couple, Adriano Giannini and Madonna and Swept Away. Yeah, yeah we'll deal with it when we get to the category, but no other couple were like rapist and captor, yeah. rapist and captive rather. So like, and um, like even, even when they were romantically involved, I never once believed it. I never no. once believed it at the end. I know that they have zero chemistry. They're not at all now. Um, yeah. So that's a deserved one. Worst remake or sequel? One? Yeah. I haven't, haven't, be haven't like... seen the original, but I can there's not no way in a million years it's as bad. <laughs> so yeah, this is this could be one of the worst like remakes period. So, so a piece yeah. of a piece of trivia was apparently like the director, which was like it. It was a woman who directed the original. Apparently, she like basically ran out of the premiere, going like, "Oh my god, what have you done?" Crying. Um, so yeah, um, maybe we need to watch the original. But like, I I I find it very hard to believe that this is what it was. Okay, and then worst director, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Almost impossible to believe this is such a well-known name directing this, and it isn't yeah. just some person with not clickable link on Wikipedia. Yeah, this is shocking. <laughs> shocking. This is lazy. It is poorly directed. It is poorly everything about it's it. Cheap, not it's cheap. It's shitty thing. looking. Yeah, like there's yeah. not one good thing to say about the direction here. So yeah, well deserved for a guy. One of the most cut and dry, no doubt things mm-hmm. of where like yeah. Almost everything about this, this is almost just a failure across the board in terms of direction. 100%. Like you look at everything and you're like, every aspect of this could have been done better. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. Where screenplay, it was nominated for Guy Ritchie. Okay, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, again, I bet you this is totally gone against the original, assuming what you're saying about the director. He's rewrote it in such a shit way with even without seeing the original like you can just tell some of the dialogue has got to be him to blame he's got to be to blame yeah. for black little hairy midget or whatever he's got to be blamed yeah. for some of the yeah 100 percent surprise it's nomination and not win what do you reckon it's like in the janini household like do you think his dad went to the premiere and was like oh son it's a it's oh, a, son. What it's, have a you done? it's a you know uh both Johan and Jordy Cruyff played for Ajax, didn't they? But well, <laughs> only one of them's got a framed shirt in the house, though. Yeah. Okay. So we don't really need to say is this Razzie worthy? Like, I think it's sort of like we need to deserve. Like, we need to develop like a better way to speak about these. Of like, some films are just sort of like like the Transformers thing. Of like, Michael Bay set out to make the film that he made and it's loathsome and like well not loathsome so not too much and it's 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 bad but like it's annoying it's like mm-hmm. it's not fun to watch but it's competent mm-hmm. whereas maybe it's just it's the battle between like bad and competent because this is just like I, or I don't know maybe it's like ill-conceived but well executed yeah, versus I mean, like it. well-conceived and poorly executed absolutely and, and like this that, that's, is... that's been you know happening throughout some of these films we've watched you know there's misfires and stuff that have had 
passion behind it. There's ones where, you know, it's just poor production values or poor directions let it down. This across the board is bad or both them in every single way. Even compared to I, I only reason I could tolerate this more than Transformers is it was a third of the it's length. shorter. Yeah. yeah, that's like, and I I don't like when it comes down to oh yeah, this is ninety minutes like that fuck. But it is uh this is so surprisingly bad like compared to even like dirty love or you know or valentine or emoji movie and stuff like this is oh god this is worse this is one of the worst i had no fun here i had no fun i'm the opposite where like it was like just watching this from moment to moment i was never bored i think the worst thing a razzie movie can do is bore me okay whereas with this it was just such a car crash that i couldn't believe from moment to moment what was happening if it, if it went again it's not it's like i'm not going to say the how would you make this better because the original exists so i assume that's how you make yeah. it better but if this was more insane or cheesier or had some sort of style to it or something to it i i, I would have enjoyed it more but I, I was bored i i really was bored especially by the time they got to the island i just i didn't care i didn't like these people i didn't yeah. I just want to see them die on an island. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is a big, big no for me. So that's that small fix we can make. I I kind of, I was thinking about it when I was like, there's no way to, like like the character is so poorly written. Like, I don't think it, it's, it's unfair to blame Madonna when anyone would struggle with it. But I do think recasting would have made this more interesting. So you mentioned it. She was sort of fresh in my mind. Someone who I think carries off that kind of like high society thing well we were speaking about tar carol i would have kate blanchett as madonna of like she would do the snob yeah um, yeah yeah. she would be more she she's more believable as a sophisticate than madonna and she would also be able to sell the like the sort of like vulnerability the transformation of like oh you know what now that all of these trappings have been yeah. removed from me i'm maybe able to like discover who i actually am 100% like i i think i i totally agree if you recast madonna my small fix is similar wait 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 oh, wait wait, oh. wait we haven't finished yet we haven't finished yet and because right, it is right, kate blanchett because it's kate blanchett who sapphic queer icon Kate Blanchett we're gonna recast the Italian and I don't know who that's gonna be we're gonna go for my default Anna de Armas is gonna be like the the rugged survivalist who's gonna be like let me uh let me show you how we do things on this <laughs> island of Cuba and you know what like we're socialists we're communists on this island but and then also maybe running in parallel the husband gets cut adrift in Greece and he rocks up with like army hammer and we have a little call me by your name where he's, he gets stranded on the Cayman Islands and he's with army (laughs) hammer. And we just have these parallel like gay love stories. That would be my, my fix. Alternatively, like you said, we make us a bit more geezery. We have Mm. Vinnie Jones there and Giancarlo, like, well not Giancarlo, uh, Adriana Giannini is like, you know what, Madonna, you better be making me some fish because I'm going to go down to the pub and watch the game with the boys. Um, yeah, no, I, I would watch either of those films um, over this. Like, so like I said, other than recasting Madonna as point A, watching the original, there's the fix, probably. Um, the biggest thing, though, or the smallest thing for me would be if you cut out most of the 
20 minutes or so on the boat and just spent more time on the island developing the characters you know establish that she's a snobby bitch establish that he's you know this italian lower class work hand sort of play on it you know build up do something with it basically but the start of it's such a problem and it makes the rest of the film a problem yeah that's that's what i do yeah, you're right. That's without fundamentally changing the film, spending <laughs> less time on like the carry on cruise where people yeah. are just being racist and ranting about chemicals. Mm-hmm. The less we know about these characters, the easier it is to yeah. kind of like reinvent them on the island. Like, yeah. so yeah, no, good call. And that concludes all we have to say. Yeah, swept away. not so. much to say about this one, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so join us in the second half when we'll be delving into the much more uh, yeah no, much this, more interesting year of 2002 i can't wait for this i can't wait for this All right see you soon guys and so we're turning to our correspondence section and here we have an email from Tyler Van, who is also watching all of the Razzie Worst Picture winners. So you may remember we had an email from Tyler a few weeks ago. So this one. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jericho and Kyle. Hope you're doing well. We are. Thank you very much, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Same to you. Have been continuing to love the show. You have funny banter and do a good job at going into detail on the worst picture of each year and also the other winners' nominees. For this week's pick, Swept Away... I think it's dreadful, but it's almost one that's so bad it's entertaining to where I can have a laugh at it. Particularly when they get to the island and everything onward until the (laughs) end. I'm a Guy Ritchie fan overall, but this is such a weird outlier in his filmography, and it's bonkers to me that this was his follow-up to Snatch. I have no clue what he was smoking. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much in line with, with, with our thoughts on the film. Very much so, yeah. It is like... Yeah, when they get to the island, it's certainly it's certainly entertaining, and they're like, "What am I watching?" Ah, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's an ultimate. What are they smoking? Movie because, like, like as 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 you said, you were like, "Is this? Are they trying to take a holiday? Like, mm-hmm. what's the motivation for making this film?" So yeah, Tyler um, Tyler nails it, and uh, thanks once again for the uh, lovely words. Always feel free to email in if you have nice things to say about me and Kyle. <laughs> watching worse films at gmail.com. So thank you. Uh, yeah, no, thank, you, thank you, thank you. And welcome to part two, where we'll be discussing the other winners and nominees for 2002. So... Worst picture. Okay, we're starting off. We're coming in hot here. <laughs> Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Okay, so you know my thoughts on Attack of the Clones. Yeah. I hate it. It's one of my I, least favourite cinema experiences. And I say this as a big lover of The Phantom Menace. I, I really dislike Attack of the Clones, but it doesn't deserve to be nominated. It doesn't... It's still nowhere near this category um what you're talking about with competency and sort of everything else about a film it's still a movie it's still got thought and passion into it it's still you know it's not nowhere near a razzie film at all so yeah that's it doesn't deserve to be there well attack of the clones is my least favorite of the prequels i would say possibly revenge of the sith is genuinely good and phantom menace i think is sort of like fun and maybe has a little bit more of like kid nostalgia if, or just yeah. like because it's the introduction it's like wow everything's new 
this is wild, whatever. Yeah. So Attack of the Clones, I'm most open to criticism of, but at the same time, it is a masterpiece. Like <laughs> you've got your sort of like film noir opening, like you've got like the sort of like gladiator like style, like you've got that investigation of the clones. It's just it, yeah, you, you can't really. There's nothing else to say than it's a masterpiece. Um, um, it does not deserve to be anywhere near the Razzies. But no, yeah, I agree um, with that. Not that it's a masterpiece, uh, <laughs> but it, no, 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 that, but it doesn't deserve to be near here. And then we have Pinocchio. The Roberto Benigni film, so. which we I spoke about, I think briefly when um I was nominating Pinocchio for this year's Razzies. Yeah. Um, I really want to see this film. I I know yeah. it's, I think I've read up on it since having a little Pinocchio journey. I really want to watch it, but I I don't have a comment right now, unfortunately. So one of my friends was like obsessed with Pinocchio because he was like, this was how. This was how like Benini followed up Life is Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like he's had that sort of like massive like Hollywood success and validation. He can do anything he wants. So how does he follow follow it up? He makes a Pinocchio movie where he like what forty something man plays Pinocchio. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, yeah, it's just like a incredible act of hubris, and just like I don't know, it, it's one of those legendary films. But yeah. I haven't seen it also, so I can't really comment on it. Up next, we have Crossroads. Um, so yeah, so that's the Britney Spears one, isn't it? Um, yeah, not not yet. Uh, yeah, not no, a girl, I, not yet a woman. I I I have seen this film when I was a kid. My older sister rented it on VHS. Uh, yeah. She was Britney Spears. She was like 12 or 11 or something at the time. So it was that perfect time. So I, I remember watching it when she was watching it in the living room. Yeah. I remember fuck all about it. And I was a child, so I have no comment. I can't imagine it being as bad as uh, Swept Away. So it, it, it leads the nominations. So okay. I watched it because of that. Okay. Um. So it's fresh in my mind. All right. Okay, it's, good, good, good. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I, like... I thought I thought like without seeing it or knowing much about it, it's that sort of uh, Auntie Britney Spears, you know, the media yeah. turning on her and ripping her and, to shreds. I thought this was like the beginning of that. And for sure, like the the worst the worst parts of the film are the ways in which it's kind of forced to be like a Britney Spears vehicle. Like when the girls are like, oh, like we need to raise money. So let's go to like a kind of karaoke, like coyote ugly bar <laughs> and we will raise money by doing karaoke in front of a bunch of like perverts um <laughs> like like it's set up to be like almost like they do karaoke a strip club and all the guys are like no hang on actually they're quite good <laughs> and then like the whole audition aspect of like the, the degree to which it's set up to utilize britney spears talents that's mm-hmm. kind of the worst parts of it if it had just been a road trip about some if it had just been a movie about some girls taking a road trip there wouldn't really be all that much to criticize the only thing i was going to bring up to you was like dan Aykroyd's in it yeah like i, I do remember <laughs> like dan thought, Aykroyd plays britney spears dad. i was just gonna say like i have the faintest of memories but i was like is that my girl because he's the dad and my girl and i was like i'm mixing he was them just together going through his yeah. dad phase i mean you know he's a worse dad than dan Aykroyd. he seems like he's someone who like low-key like flies under the razzie radar of he's never nominated that much but he's in 
a lot. Like yeah. he's in Chuck and Larry. It's like <laughs> yeah, but like even <laughs> the in Firehouse Chuck, guy. even in you know the thing about Dan Aykroyd is it's hard. Even when he puts in shockingly bad performances, even when he's, he's in that BDSM movie yeah, with Rosie O'Donnell, he's still, he's still <laughs> fun. You know, um, he's got a terrible I, agent. Like, yeah. but like he's not gonna. How can you really be a really bad performances like a character's dad or something you know you're not yeah, yeah if he's he's not he's not a leading man it's not like you know chevy or something where you're gonna try and be front and center dan Aykroyd isn't gonna be front and center he takes well, a it's just bit part. you know even in chuck and larry i mean he's he is like the fifth least offensive thing about that film you know like yeah he, that's how he's i work for the great mayor rudy giuliani <laughs> <laughs> when you when you come it's like if you cover yourself and surround yourself with shit you know you look better in comparison as well so like if he was in better movies it would stand out more but he's not it's just it's it's funny to imagine like the like sliding doors like parallel universe where he's the one who falls in with wes anderson like bill murray is reduced to playing britney spears dad (laughs) dan Aykroyd starring in rushmore and broken (laughs) flowers and all these jim jarmusch movies (laughs) but anyway and then another movie I watched for this, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, which I genuinely think it's it's hard to say if this is worse than Swept Away. I I've, I want to see Pluto Nash. I, I know before I confused it endlessly with um, Leonard. Leonard Part, part six. 6. They're I, very similar. They um, are very could, similar, I tell I you that. I see their posters and their covers and yeah. just meld together for one. So I'm curious to see how bad it is even compared to leonard and to honestly if honestly you could imagine eddie murphy going into an executive's office and being like i want to make my leonard part six and then the adventures of pluto nash being the product of that because it it almost seems like it is by design Mm -hmm. it's like it's crap like (laughs) we've got your super mario brothers thing where like the production design might be okay because it's kind of like it's taking place in a sort of like B-rate Blade Runner world where yeah. like the parts of it, when they're not like on like a Power Rangers set, some of the stuff looks okay. The thought I had about it though, like compared to like, see Leonard part six was a joy to watch with you, right? Yeah. Like, it was fun. If I was watching it by myself, it wouldn't have been as fun. Yeah. If I watched Swept Away with you in person, side by side, I would have still been miserable. I would have hated, yeah. hated this. Would have Pluto Nash been fun to watch? No. Uh, no okay. <laughs> See, that's, 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 that's at least something redeemable is what I was hoping for. No. The thing the thing for me, I think I'm learning about myself, is that I am just like, I don't have like a great attention span. So I need like change. I need novelty. I need like new stimuli like flashing at me. And Leonard Part 6 is great for that because there's like the frog scene, there's like montages of him working out, there's like a bunch of coke adverts. Yeah. Whereas Pluto Nash is just him running around for 90 minutes. Like it's paced, like it's all like a third act chase scene. Like he's just running around firing ray guns at people for an hour and a half. And it's very one note yeah, and very yeah, that, plodding. Okay, so that that's, it's a it's a notch below Leonard then. That's, <laughs> that's pretty bad then. Um, um, but is, is it worse than Swept Away then? That's that's surely the question. Um, I want to say it is. Okay. I've, if I had to rewatch one, I would happily rewatch Swept Away, whereas I Pluto Nash just bored me, which is the one sin I can't forgive. 
Fair play, fair play. I can forgive, I can draw the line at racism. <laughs> I can forgive racism, but I draw the line at being boring. Yeah. Okay, so worst actor. We then have Steven Seagal in Half Past Dead hey. as Sasha Pestrosevich. Yeah, okay. So I've seen Half Past Dead, of course I have. It yeah. is famously Seagal's last theatrical release until yeah. his triumphant Chad Rule is in it, apparently. Yeah, it's... um. So, so yeah, until he's returned in Machete, um, this is his last release. It blends in a lot with a lot of the early 2000s Seagal exit wounds and stuff like that. It isn't his worst. It's got quite a cool like prison breakout scene that I enjoy in it and stuff. It isn't a good Seagal performance. I mean, this is straight to DVD time for Seagal. He's getting fatter, slower, lazier. You're miles away from the golden age, the peak Seagal. I don't think it's a nomination, though. If, if And I could be wrong, but if this is the only nomination for Half Past Dead, then Mr. Razi didn't watch the film, and he's only just oh. picking on Seagal. If it does pop up, then okay, fair enough, no. he's watched it. Um, but yeah, then okay, if it, then he's just picking on Seagal. So yeah, fuck, fuck you, Mr. Razi. We then have Adam Sandler in Eight Crazy Nights and Mr. Deeds as Davy Stone, Whitey, Eleanor, Deer, and Longfellow Deeds. <laughs> um, so I haven't seen Eight Crazy Nights. That's his okay. Hanukkah one. Yeah, yeah, the animated one. Yeah, but yeah. I have seen Mr. Deeds. Yeah, I've seen both. It's been 20 years since I've seen Eight Crazy Nights. I remember, you know, yeah. when I was at my peak Sandler fandom, I guess, as a, like a PBS and teen I was really disappointed in it because it's, it's not you know I was expecting South Park or something and it's not um it's I don't think it Crazy Nights from what I remember is as bad but it's an animated thing it is like a Jewish Hanukkah thing like you said and I have seen Mr. Deeds three or four times um, like, I want to say Port Latham Academy had Mr. Deeds. Yeah, and I, I watched I see, Mr. Deeds I, in like one of the hat, one of the I, huts, one of the cabins. I remember going to see it in the cinema. I remember seeing it on video or DVD, and I remember watching it on a plane as well in like 2004. It was one of the plane films. So I've seen it at least three or four times. Yeah, and so I remember it quite well. However, it isn't a good Sandler performance because it's a lazy Sandler performance. Yeah, it's not like. Waterboy, Happy Gilmore, Billy, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Uh, no, it's not a classic. It's not. He's it's beginning not, to go off the boil here. Yeah, it's not bit. even you know little. Or he's testing the boundaries of like how how much can I phone this in? Yeah, it's um, it's but it's it's not that bad in my opinion. Um, obviously maybe it's because of later films. I'm like, oh, you know, it still holds up a bit more compared to what's to come. I I don't yeah. dislike Mr. Deeds. So, yeah. Um, I never have disliked it. I, th- yeah. I think it's it's the turning point, but it's not it's not the depths that you'll go to. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't just think it deserves to be here either. Basically, yeah, I'd agree. It's kind of like a it's a worse Big Daddy thing of like mm-hmm. Sandler at his best for me needs to be kind of wacky, and like while he can do the kind of like man child thing, that's not necessarily the best utilization of him. Yeah, but. I certainly don't think he's worthy. We then have Eddie Murphy in Adventures of Pluto Nash, I Spy, and Showtime as Pluto Nash, Rex Crater, Kelly Robinson, and Off Tree Sellers. Multiple performances. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think? So Pluto Nash is 
bad, but he's not like he's not like ingratiatingly bad. He's just kind of fine. He's kind of nothing. He's just running around firing a gun. So like it's hard to judge his performance. I just think like Eddie Murphy can be cloying when he's playing multiple roles. And then here he's just kind of playing a straight man. So I would almost mm-hmm. like discard Pluto Nash, where bad as the film is, he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I spy. For some reason, I had I Spy on VHS. I, I liked Owen Wilson growing up, and I okay. so I think really fondly of I Spy. <laughs> There's a good bit where they're like, Eddie Murphy's just like, Owen Wilson will be like, oh, so this is from a Q branch, and this is called like a, a, a techno, like explosive, an IED, and like mm. Eddie Murphy will be like, oh, it's kind of a jelly bird or whatever. Like He just comes up with dumb nicknames for all the gadgets. And so uh, Jellybird is like one that he coins. And so I think really fondly of Ice Spy. I haven't seen okay. it in 20 years. Yeah. But remember that bit. And yeah, I, haven't I seen, like I, it. I have seen it. I've seen it as a kid again, 20 years. I couldn't tell you if he was a better character performance than Bill Cosby in Ice Spy, the original one. Yeah. I, I have no idea, but I don't remember hating it. So I guess a lot of this will fall on Pluto Nash. Showtime. You've seen Showtime? I have not seen Showtime. Okay, that's the one that he's in with De Niro. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no, I, I also haven't seen that. So based on the two that I have seen, I would say Showtime must be catastrophically bad, otherwise he doesn't really deserve it. Mm-hmm. We then have Adriano Giannini, as we've discussed, and he lost out to his countryman, Roberto Benini in Pinocchio as Pinocchio, dubbed Godzilla-style by Breckenmeyer. And so I had a real like real difficulty reading that i was like hang on dubbed godzilla style i was like mm-hmm. as in breckenmeyer said that that was a godzilla style performance yeah, and well, i was like oh no he's voiced over by yeah. breckenmeyer okay god help mr razi if he watches fucking any sergio leone or anything <laughs> <laughs> you know everyone's getting razi nominations um yeah i mean dubbing over i assume it's a bad dub Jesus. Why is why isn't Mr. Razzy watching subs? Why is he watching dubs? <laughs> that's the real question here. How you how you, you know expect the how you expect yeah. to judge a performance, Mr. Mr. Razzy, if Mr. you're not Razzie, watching it's an entirety? You, you can't watch a film and read at the same time, you know. He's only capable of one of them. So Breckenmeyer has fifty percent of a Razzy. Mm-hmm. Do we try and get him on the podcast? 100%. Because that's that's such a weird like like I don't know, it's it's so weird for him to be singled out like that. Well, that's uh, it. Like, okay. how do, how, yeah, does he get half a Razi? <laughs> yeah, no, let's get him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can speak about Rat Race. We can speak about Garfield. We can speak about all the all the stuff he was doing around about two thousand two. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, haven't seen it. So um, yeah, no idea. Mm. And then that brings us on to worst actress, Winona Ryder in Mr. Deeds as Babe Bennett. I so this is strange for me because I like Winona Ryder. I know this is the time when she was shot. You've got a, you've got Wino tattooed over your knuckles do, because yeah. of how much no, you, you I, like I, her, don't you? I do. <laughs> I, I, felt, I fell fell for her in Alien Four and never looked back. I know this was the time where she was shoplifting or she was yeah. sort of getting smeared before her sort of comeback with like a scanner darkly a few years later. I don't think she's bad at all in Mister Deeds. Yeah, compared to any other Sandler co-star yeah no i really i strongly disagree with this one to be honest it's so weird because like i'd have been like 11 at the time and i so i was aware of it just in terms of like 
the news speaking about it. So I was aware of the shoplifting story and that going hand in hand with Mr. Deeds, which kind of tells you like what a circus it was. If an 11 year old who like the only other news story I can probably tell you about is 9-11. It's like <laughs> Winona Ryder shoplifting and 9-11 were on like, yeah. <laughs> like on a level where she was just portrayed as like the most evil woman yeah. who has like ever existed. Yeah, like it was weird, <laughs> a weird time though. Yeah. And I'm going to say Mr. Razzie's probably playing into that sort of like tabloid yeah, that's sensationalism. What, that's exactly what I mean. It's not, only, to... not only are you a criminal, you're also a Razzie-nominated <laughs> actress. You know, he's just, he's, he's just, yeah, doubling down on her. Yeah, I'll, I'll defend her. <laughs> As we know later on when he's like trying to be like a more forgiving like tabloid freer, when he's shaming tabloid culture despite having all the same tendencies. Jennifer Lopez in Enough and Made in Manhattan as Slim Hiller and Marissa Ventura. Uh, yeah, so I, I've not seen either of these so I don't really have a comment unfortunately. Have oh, you... no I haven't but I've seen the poster of Enough. Oh, I've seen the poster of Made in Manhattan, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's enough. The, um, the, the poster is incredible. It's one of those ones that has like a sort of like double tagline. It's like, everyone has a limit. Enough. Self-defense isn't murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, enough. Very familiar poster for some reason. But nothing to say about her. Angelina Jolie in Life or Something Like It as Lainey Kerrigan. Have you seen Life or Something Like It? Is that one title? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I was like, no, it's <laughs> no, not two films life. there. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I haven't. I've never even heard of it. Have you seen it? No. So, like, it's weird looking at the poster. She almost looks like Marilyn Monroe. Like, she's blonde. It's uh, it's bizarre. Okay, the film focuses on television reporter Lainey Kerrigan and her quest to find meaning in her life. Oh. So, no. Um, if it, it's going to be strange if, again, if this is one of those ones where this is the only nomination. I'm not sure if it will be. I don't know if it'll yeah. be like Half Past Dead. I'm, I don't, I'm trying to think what's 2002 Jolie up to at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The to Tomb Raider. That's what um, I was thinking, but yeah. I, don't, I couldn't tell you the year off the top of my head. Tomb Raider, one of them, I think, is 2003. Okay, okay. But, yeah, anyway. Worst actress, of course, Madonna, who shared the award with her fellow pop star, Britney Spears, and Crossroad as Lucy Wagner. So, Madonna, so, well-deserved. Yep, that's what I said. Britney Spears, certainly by comparison, I don't think she's, like, a, I think she's kind of fine. Like, she's not a professional actor, yeah, clearly, but, but she's not bad. But that's this is for the headline of having two pop stars tie for yeah, worst actress yeah. like this is that's we've fine. got Pick a, a fucking criminal winner. and then <laughs> stars. Um, yeah. yeah so no you're absolved Brittany. worst supporting actor robin williams in death the smoochie as rainbow randall oh, smiley i i have not seen death i know about death the smoochie i have um wanted to watch it yeah for a long for the longest of times but i've never gotten around to it surprised to see him here but i do remember it's uh infamous kind of reception and stuff way back then it's when robin wasn't probably on the hot run of you know the 90s have started to go past anything past that bicentennial man i guess is he's starting to lower his stock a little bit but no i've always wanted to see death to smoochie so i don't i don't have a comment um i have seen death to smoochie i i genuinely think death to smoochie i probably have liked death to smoochie in a world where kidding doesn't exist but Kidding just kind of does all of it. The Jim Carrey, Michelle Gondry uh, mm-hmm. series. Kidding just kind of does all of the same things Death Smoochie does well, better, and without any other kind of like weird stuff. 
um, doesn't work. Mr. Razzie just doesn't like comedians. He doesn't no. like Jim Carrey. He doesn't like Robin Williams. Robin Williams isn't bad in Death to Smoochie. No. I, I like whatever you think about Death to Smoochie, he's not the issue. Yeah. He's good. Like he's yeah. Often he's at worst uh, fine. Even when Robin some of his worst films is, he's often the best part because it's, you know, he's a natural performer and he's got, got charisma. Like yeah, like strange one. Yeah. I also, it seems a little bit like category fraud because I could imagine another year in which Mr. Razzie nominates him as a lead. So either he's trying to just pad out the supporting category. He doesn't know the difference, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He knows knows in his heart of hearts that he's not as bad as like Benini, Janini, Murphy, Sandler, whatever, Seagal. And so just kind of (laughs) tries to shove him here. Anyway, Christopher Walken in The Country Bears as Reed Thimple. So have you seen The Country Bears? I've not right, so I've not seen the film. I have seen the Christopher Walken scenes years yeah. ago. Um you know, it's been made fun of, it's been torn apart, you know, and all those early internet sort of fucking critics and stuff that would start do videos on them and see i didn't i didn't i i I don't know you're more online than me or you were certainly more online in those days than me Mm -hmm. where i looked up for this and seeing the poster i was like oh geez have i seen this because the poster (laughs) is terrifying the poster almost has that kind of like yogi bear like good things come in bears like again dan Aykroyd, and it kind (laughs) of has that like it has one of those like weird posters. And so mm. I looked it up to be like, oh, have I seen this maybe? And I saw like a frame from the film and was like, no, this is pure nightmare fuel. I would remember if I had seen this. And so the, <laughs> but then Mr. Razi hasn't seen it because again, this is going to probably be the only fucking nomination for the film. It is, right? yeah. This yeah. could be worse picture. This should be in other categories. Like, <laughs> get fucked. Like, Christopher Walken, again, doing a day shoot fucking chewing through the scenery having fun whatever yeah no like fuck off mr Raz. like i'm not defending the bears but like you're not you've got to at least watch the fucking film and spread it out or something like you no know, no no but it's yeah it looks like nightmare fuel and should have does he do the it. does he do the pulp fiction monologue when he was hibernating <laughs> in vietnam I, I, daddy I shot his watch <laughs> He's got, my a, ass. he's got a, a fucking accent of some sort. It's been oh, a long wow. time. It's been a long time since I remember. I, I do remember watching scenes from him um, years and years back. <laughs> scenes from a marriage. Scenes from the country bears. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um. Freddie Prince Jr. in Scooby Doo as Fred Jones. Get the fuck out Get of here. Get the fuck out of there. It's the best performance of Fred ever. And uh, he's <laughs> made for that role. Um, yeah. Like absolutely not. That is perfect casting i mean the whole film's pretty much perfect casting but like yeah no absolutely fucking not like no 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 (laughs) yeah like the like again when it's the only nomination what does he take against freddie prince jr maybe he just dislikes him because of who he is he needs the big names in to pad out he needs walking he needs williams he needs freddie prince especially 2002 freddie prince yeah yeah I I think there must be that sort of like biographical like maybe he really liked Scooby Doo and maybe he always dreamed the big Fred or something like Scooby-Doo. I think there's something where he specifically went for Freddie Prince yeah, when they're all weird. yeah no they're all good they're all good it's perfectly cast like it's, you're not gonna cast a Scooby Doo film any better ever like honestly get fucked okay and then we have Stealing Harvard with Tom Green as Walter Duff Duffy so um this is with 
Jason, Jason Lee. Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, and I've, I just want to say, like, like Tom Green and the poster seems incredibly Kevin Smith coded. Yeah, I've not. Seen he's got it. glasses. He's got the goatee. Um, just, just because of my love for like Freddy Got Fingered and the Tom Green show and certain things, I am not like fanatic. I haven't watched. You know, I don't stand on Road Trip or whatever. Euro trip, whatever one he was in. So I've not seen this, but this would be the year after Freddy got fingered. So I understand why. I don't. I disagree, but I understand why Mr. Razzie's going to nominate him. You can't let him win, but you can nominate him. And then the winner, Hayden Christensen in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, <laughs> Skywalker. No, no. Uh, again, no. Like I don't like Hayden Christensen, especially in Attack of the Clones. I think it's much better in third one, uh, Revenge of the Sith, but. I don't, like, I don't think it's a great performance, and there's obviously terrible dialogue he has to deliver. No, though, he's not nowhere near nomination. Like, not, not, absolutely not. Well, it's just they're at the Razzie Academy. Yeah. They have no taste. They're animals. I hate them! <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like, I like Caden Christensen. I think, I agree, he's better in Revenge of the Sith. Partly that's down to he gets most of the worst dialogue here. Like the infamous sand monologue is in here, that I hate them, that's all in here. But no, not nomination worthy and certainly not leading. No. Certainly not leading. Like, no, no sorry, certainly not winning rather. <laughs> like just a, a good, good, humble Canadian boy. He was a teenager playing the most sort of like scrutinized role in cinema history. Mm -hmm. Never in a million years has he deserved mm -hmm. it. Um, Give it to Christopher Walken or Tom Green playing Kevin Smith. <laughs> not my Christian. Not my Hayden. <laughs> and then we're supporting actress. How do you pronounce her name? Rebecca Romaine? No idea. Rebecca not... Romaine Stamos. <laughs> Mystique. <laughs> yeah. What's that for? Anyway, that's for Rollerball, where she played Aurora. I think I remember Rollerball. Like the image yeah. of it but i've never i've never seen it so you've I, not seen it no. you've been a big mctiernan stan i thought you might have seen yeah i know that's what i'm saying like i, I can see it like i can yeah. see, imagine it but again i would have been like 12 at this time so and i've never come back to it it's it passed me by and it's i'm I no reason to go back to it you know it's just like Fairhoven makes showgirls like sometimes i will skip over certain films by my favorite directors uh, everyone has to have a swept away at some point. <laughs> then we have Natalie Portman in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones as Padme Amidala. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> she, Hayden Christensen, I will reluctantly concede, is yeah. a little bit like sort of stiff and awkward. Whereas Natalie Portman, I think, is good. Yeah, Natalie. Like Natalie is one of the. Again, I'm not going to say much about. I can't. I don't like Attack of the Clones. I can't say good things. But she's one of the better performances for me. I, I think she's I think she's closest to bad in Revenge of the Sith because she just gets sidelined yeah, and yeah. she has all the like, oh no, Anakin. Like she's just a stupid character I, in that I film. I don't see like yeah, but like I'm trying to think. And it has been a few it's been a while since I've seen it, but um I, I remember Hayden disliking his performance. I remember really disliking Samuel L. Jackson, just playing Samuel L. Jackson. I don't like you, McGregor. Oh, he has a lightsaber. Yeah, I, I, I don't. That's <laughs> Samuel Jackson with a purple lightsaber. <laughs> it's so cool. I don't like you and McGregor in okay, Talk of the Clones. Okay, okay. In the We're Talk of the Clones. But I think Natalie's one of the better parts. So I don't like seeing her here. 
in defending your film. <laughs> Thank you, but Ewan McGregor is a bright spot in the. In it's the, his in worst the of the three. It's definitely his worst of the three for me. Okay, and then we have Bo Derek as herself in The Master of Disguise. Oh, The Master of Disguise is 2002. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, because it's the 9-11 thing. Yeah, shit. I totally, <laughs> totally forgot about that. So yeah, Mr. Razi didn't see Master of Disguise. Bo Derek's only here because it's fucking Bo Derek and she needs another nomination. Yeah. I can't remember Bo Derek and Master of Disguise well. I I think you've seen it more recently than I have. I haven't seen it at all. Oh, shit. Um, Master of Disguise sucks. I, I remember writing it on video. It was like, it was a weird thing. It was like, my dad and my brother's thing that I was just never included in for whatever reason. I don't know. It must have been years later when I was working at Asda or something that had me out of the house. But my dad and my brother, I think, bought it in from America on DVD on like a region one or whichever the one that you couldn't easily play. And so you used to like sneak off and watch it on this little portable DVD player. And I was just never invited to those father and son's viewings of Master of Disguise. <laughs> And so they'd be referencing it to each other, being like, oh, Master Disguise, Turtle Guy, whatever, and just flying over my yeah. head. <laughs> I, so my, even, so I've never seen it. Even my memory is faint. I, everyone knows the turtle stuff and the memes out of it. But, well, um, I don't, because I was never allowed to watch. <laughs> but even as, what, 12 years old or something, I compared, I, I watched Mr. Deeds again, I putting fucking little Nicky another time, but I wouldn't have watched this more than once. Like, it's only here though. Bo Derek's only popping up here because it's Bo Derek though. I don't yeah. even remember her in it. Yeah, and then we have interesting one here. Looking forward to speak to you about this nomination. Laura Flynn Boyle in Men in Black Two as Serlina. Oh, okay. So um, obviously it's my Twin Peaks connection coming back here. Yeah, Donna from Twin Peaks. I am not the biggest Flynn Boyle fan. Um, yeah. of the lead females in Twin Peaks. She's probably my least favourite. I'm glad she's not in Firewalk with me. I'm glad she gets replaced. I can't remember her in Men in Black 2 because I haven't, I've seen Men in Black 2, but I haven't seen it for 20 years and I'm merging so much of it with Men in Black 1. Can't, yeah. you know, I can't remember where 1 ends and 2 begins and where's Michael yeah. Jackson and where's which one's which, you know? Well, she's no Vincent D'Onofrio, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I can't defend her here. Not her biggest fan, but I can't remember. I am going to defend her because uh, <laughs> I, I, I was speaking about this the other day. So because I don't really watch much TV, I have this thing where like, I'll just know like these like sort of like amazing TV people for like their like weird film credits so like i didn't watch fleabag for ages so whenever it was like phoebe waller bridge i'd be like oh you mean the robot from solo cool <laughs> and lara flynn boyle was that so like whenever anyone mentions lara flynn boyle as you said like the the default connection to make is twin peaks whereas for me it's like oh serlina from men of black too cool <laughs> i think she's good i think she's sort of like weird and alien in a way that works she, so like she is weird and like even even in twin peaks it's got she's got a weird performance style where it's yeah like, uncanny valley yeah like it, yeah. um so it probably works better in men in black too so yeah. yeah if again if it's the only nomination here it's weird that he's just filling out names this is a very strange year is for just, is 
Is Michael Jackson not in Men in Black? That's what I just said. Yeah, two, like, isn't he? I, I couldn't remember which one he was in. I can't remember where one. I'm ends fairly and sure he's two, where he's like the I could be Agent M. M. Yeah, I've got to say this is very problematic for Mr. Razzie, which, as we know, Razzie nominations are often earned on the back of like moral failings as much as like bad performances. So is Mr. Razzie endorsing paedophilia by not nominating Michael Jackson? In the is context, he saying that shoplifting is worse than molestation? <laughs> is that it, what you're saying, Mr. But, Razzie? But in the, you see, Mr. Razzie's dictated by headlines. And while the, wor- <laughs> while the world wants to see Britney Spears and Winona Ryder burn, at 2002, we'd have been closer to uh, You Rock My World comeback with like Michael Jackson. Yeah. This is pre... I, mean, I know the first trials, but that's gone. This is... The second time round hasn't really destroyed him with that interview of Channel 4 and stuff. So I think he isn't dunking on him because it's still got the goodwill for Michael at this point. It's, it's just funny that he has that beef with Macaulay Culkin. That like, it's just interesting that he's taken that side. Yeah, That's all yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but no, in, in hindsight, though, it's very surprising to see Lara Flynn Boyle nominated and and Bo Derek and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good year for women if you're clutching at those straws. Yeah. And then the winner, of course, is Madonna for Die Another Day as Verity. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> my first Bond um, nomin- winner, to be honest. Um, yeah. Jesus. She, <laughs> to call her a supporting actress, again, it's like, what? It's a, fucking it's a cameo. cameo. Uh, it's a fucking cameo. I mean, she's dreadful. She is fucking, she's worse in Die Another Day than she is in Swept Away. And I don't like Die Another Day. I like the first half of it or the first third of it, I guess. But yeah, she's dreadful in it. But yeah, she's a fucking cameo and it's just to give her two wins here. Worst cameo, again, I think I've said this on previous episodes, make a worst cameo yeah. a category and I won't have any fucking gripes. But yeah, yeah, it's weird, but she's terrible. So I, I do agree with it, I guess. <laughs> I don't think she's that bad. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I, it's almost irrelevant how bad she is because she's just in it so little that there's no point in discussing it because you can't like you can't award like Natalie Portman like Natalie Portman is almost like Natalie Portman is basically almost like a a, a second lead in Attack of the Clones yeah and Madonna is in it for like two minutes yeah so for them to be sharing a category is just stupid and ridiculous and then yeah but just goes to show like good year for actresses i guess if he's like clutching at these straws with nominating Ca- cameos Ca- yeah, this and is it. mr razi and... and category fraud go together so well you know, <laughs> you know, like, you just... two great tastes taste great together <laughs> <laughs> so we're screen couple we then have britney spears and whatever his name was anson mount Oof, um, that's very sassy isn't it um yeah very snappy uh, okay well uh, is it bad? Anson Anson Mount's a little bit forgettable, and they don't have great chemistry together. So I guess I guess yeah mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> no need to shit on Anson. Yeah, it just seems like... awful cruel. Just to <laughs> but, whatever his name. Yeah, the nomination itself isn't fundamentally undeserved. I guess. Okay. Eddie Murphy and either Robert De Niro in Showtime, Owen Wilson in I Spy, or himself cloned in The Adventures of Pluto Nash. I would say pick a lane, Mr. Yeah. Razzie. Um, uh, uh, him, and, him and Owen Wilson are good together. Yeah. I like their chemistry. I would watch more films with the two of them. Don't know about De Niro. And, yeah. Yeah, fair. We then have Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman in Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Um, 
fundamentally, it just pains me to see the prequels associated with the Razzies. But if you're going to do anything... If, if, if they're going to win or be nominated for anything, and I agree with you, it's this. Like, yeah, this is the one you well can't... Together. You, even you, the fanatic, hardcore defender, <laughs> cannot like, stand up and say, oh no, they've got great chemistry, they just bounce off each other <laughs> fantastically. Um, they are so wooden, and yeah, like you say, there's no spark between them. This is the first Star Wars nomination that for the prequels or whatever that I have completely agree with oh i don't know i don't know wait let me just pull this back in it almost maybe it's intentional because like he's like a repressed cult member and she's also like a politician who has been like working since the age of 12 so maybe it makes sense they're still in an awkward not no sort of chemistry natalie portman had more chemistry when it was jake lloyd you know (laughs) no 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 and then we have roberto benini and nicoletta brashi in pinocchio curious who pinocchio would be like who's she in pinocchio i can't see she's her that's their real life married so okay that's her actual husband oh okay but yeah, I don't know. Maybe we need to watch Pinocchio. I think we do. I think we do. And then the winner, of course, Adriana Giannini and Madonna swept away. Mm-hmm. Okay, worst remake or sequel? Star Wars Attack of the Clones. No, Pinocchio. <laughs> haven't seen. Mr. Deeds. Have you seen the original Mr. Deeds? Mr. Deeds Goes to Washington, I think it's called. I think there's a couple of early ones. I could be wrong, but... Yeah. I've seen one called Mr. Deed Goes to Washington. Mr. Deeds Goes to Town It's oh. is the original, apparently. The Frank Capra one. Okay. I've seen one of them as a like, as young kid. So one of that, like, uh, Miracle on whatever street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen the original. Again, I like the remakes. Like, I like the Sandler. I don't dislike it. I don't think the original would hold up to 2002 standards. So, yeah, no, I don't think this is warranted. And then we have I Spy. I've not seen <laughs> the original's a TV show as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so Mr. Razzy loving sitcoms from that era, whatever. Like I can't comment really because I haven't seen the source material. If I if I felt really fondly towards the source material, like I don't know. I'm just trying to imagine like if someone made like an Always Sunny movie like 30 years from now, mm-hmm. um, then maybe I would feel more precious of yeah, that but I'm not, not knowing the source it, material it's gonna and we'll see if it pops up with what was it get smart yeah like the spy tv both parodies and sincere ones are dime a dozen in the six days and early seven days so i wouldn't be able to tell apart from man from uncle or mission impossible or get smart like i never watched any of them and so worst director ron underwood for the adventures of pluto nash yeah, don't really agree with Eddie Murphy, but this is a complete failure as a project surrounding him. So 100% deserved. Yeah. George Lucas for Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> he's a pioneer. He <laughs> define, define the blockbuster cinema for the next two decades. You don't get an MCU without George Lucas. <laughs> And then we have Tamara Davis for Crossroads, probably also undeserved. Roberto Benini for Pinocchio, we've not seen. I don't really like Life is Beautiful, to be quite honest with you. So <laughs> Okay, okay, fair. I can see this being bad. And then, of course, Guy. So yeah. don't, put, don't put my boy George in the same <laughs> category as Guy. Speaking of which, worst screenplay. Swept Away, Guy Ritchie, Covered at Length. 
Pinocchio, screenplay by Vincenzo Cerami and Roberto Benini. Crossroads, written by Shonda Rhimes. The Adventures of Pluto Nash, written by Neil Cuthbert. Truly a bad screenplay. Yeah. Just Brennan and Screaming. And then winner, Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, screenplay by George Lucas and Jonathan Hales. So despite despite sort of like bad lines like sand it's irritating and coarse and gets everywhere i don't think it's a bad screenplay i don't think it's a good screenplay i don't think, <laughs> I, <it's>... think it... <laughs> <laughs> I don't i don't i don't think it wins i don't i don't think it's a worse screenplay than swept away nowhere uh, near no nowhere night, near. And day. night and day but it does mean he's a winner and we can get <sighs> george lucas on the podcast <laughs> oh my god i would be so starstruck <laughs> not not for being like the man who like like i don't know revolutionized like blockbuster cinema as we know it but for the man who wrote Attack of the Clones wow and I get to talk to him about Red Tails I can't wait (laughs) (laughs) so Jonathan Hales Jonathan Hales the co-writer who I've I've never seen discussed before because that's one of the criticisms people make of the prequels where they're like George Lucas surrounded himself with too many yes men he needed more like (laughs) co-collaborators like on the on the original trilogy, he had like his wife. He had like Mark Land. Yeah, he well, had I, like I think Kasdan. And I could be wrong here. You're the prequel expert, but I thought that Phantom Menace got the most of that criticism. I thought he solo wrote Phantom Menace, and then it would yeah. make sense there would be a co-writer to sort of oh fuck, how do I make something out of this and appease some of the criticism? Yeah, um, you could be I, right there. I don't know anything else Hale's written. Never heard. So Hales Hales is like a playwright. He he wrote a bunch of the young Indiana Jones series. Okay. But interestingly, he also wrote The Scorpion King, which just so <laughs> happened to be out in 2002, uh, which glaring by its omission, I would say. Very glaring. Yeah, that's a surprise. I yeah. like The Scorpion King. I don't I don't think it's as bad as the Mummy I, Returns. Uh, I saw it for what would have been my eleventh birthday party. Was yeah. <laughs> was watching the Scorpion King. I thought it was fun, but I, but in terms of you know, I would expect to see the Rock and stuff here just on name value, not on merit. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, you're right. I did. I totally forgot about that. And particularly in the worst remake or sequel, you'd think like yeah, they thought, you'd think they, he would. They thought, think it would at least pop up. Like I don't. But, yeah. I don't know. Strange. And then we have the return of Kyle's favourite cat, Grey. I need to look up. This might be the last year they did it. Um, oh, worst no. original. It, it disappears roundabout here. I'll yeah, look it up yeah. for you. Worst original song. So this should just be called the Crossroads Award because we have Overprotected from Crossroads by Max Martin and Rami. Mm-hmm. So Overprotected is just a Britney Spears song. Mm-hmm. Like, right. played on the radio, like, just, like, I didn't even really associate it with Crossroads, okay. but she performs it over the closing credits. So okay. yeah, no comment for me. Yeah, it's it, it's fine. It's a Britney Spears song. I think it's kind of, like, good, yeah. And then we have Die Another Day from Die Another Day by Madonna and Merwais Amadsai. Not winning. Nominated. No, nominated. <laughs> Absolute joke. I, I hate this song. I think I've spoke to you at length about how much... This isn't... my. I don't even think this is right. So that's my least favourite Bond song. Period. Maybe there's a couple that I 
really don't like as well. But I, I hate, hate the Sam Smith one. I was just waiting to say the Sam Smith one robbed us of Radiohead, <laughs> and it's so fucking. Oh lazy. yeah, that one's so good. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's you know I hate how he boasted it, how he did it in fifteen minutes. You know, well like, they were also the first gay person to win an Oscar. Lest we forget. Yeah, but like, I ah, uh, but anyway, I hate Die Another Day. I hate. I hate how un- unfitting a Bond song is as well. I I really think it's great, and I hate the synthesi- synthesized sorry vocals. Uh, I hate uh, it. I hate uh, it. Um, even even as a kid, even when when I was a dumb kid, I I, I just remember, it, especially because the Pierce Brosnan ones are just banger after banger. You got you know, <laughs> Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, and World and It's Not Enough are all great songs and or good songs at times. I hate Die Another Day. I, I wish it won. I think, if anything, Madonna deserved to win this year. This is her worst crime. Uh, yeah, God, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it didn't win. Okay, so my favourite Bond song is, of course, You Know My Name by Chris Cornell from Classic Casino Royale. And lots of people hate that because they're like, you know what, whatever song, but it just it's not a Bond song. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm like, yeah, if every Bond song has yeah. to be sung by Shirley Bassey and no, well, has that's to it, have, right. like, strings, so I'm gonna, then, like... I'm going to get on my high horse here, because I'm the Bond fanatic, the two of us. You Know My Name isn't a good Bondian thought song, but it's a fine song, and it fits, it fits perfectly, right? Yeah. My girlfriend Sophie's favourite Bond song is uh, Another Way to Die by Jack yeah. White and Alicia Keys, which yeah. gets a lot yeah. of criticism as well. But it's, yeah. again, it's... A, it's a good song and it's got Bond moments in it. So for the record, my favourite two are The Living Daylights by AHA, yeah, because yeah. I think it's fucking ace, and <laughs> On Her Majesty's Secret Service by John yeah. Barry, um, which is Ennio Morricone, beautiful instrumental, it's bombastic and fantastic. But I don't think they need to be Shirley Bassey, Tina Turner songs all the time. Uh, I love Geran Geran's song. From a view to a kill. Uh, I love my I love my band wings. I love Live and Let Die. Yeah. There's so many varieties. But by for me, what I mean by a Bond song is as long as it fits the film or like the theme or it's just it feels right. And I think Die Another Day and whatever Sam Smith one writing on the wall just did not feel like they were in that film. They felt like overdubbed on almost. I think Die Another Day fits a film in which a Korean man becomes Toby Steven, a car it, disappears, it doesn't, right, so a again, laser melts I, a polar ice cap. Die, I die think an, it fits. Die Another Day is my second least favourite Bond film behind Octopussy. I really dislike Octopussy. Moonraker. There's a few newer ones that I just really dislike. I do stand by the opening of Die Another Day, though, the when yeah. Bond's trapped in North Korea. Well, I like that another day. Let's just be clear. <laughs> okay. I think it gets, it falls off a cliff. It gets up its own ass. There's stuff about it I would have thought to see this year more than just the song. But yeah, like Die Another Day, the song doesn't fit the, the opening. That's almost what I'm meaning. The, the, okay. That, uh, like, yeah. Maybe I need to, like when, need to scrutinize that a bit more. When you've got something like like Adele Skyfall fits the opening yeah, of Skyfall. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. You know, my name fits Golden Eye. Yeah, all these ones. Yeah, yes. yeah. You go to your. It works cold within opening. the context of the yes, film. Yeah. The cold yeah. opening, not the whole film, just the cold opening and the first third or whatever. If it fits into yeah. that, then you're a good Bond song to me. Whereas I think for me, I'm like, Die Another Day, kind of weird 
overblown, odd, but yet in a way somewhat enjoyable that I think it represents the film, but I will perhaps concede that it doesn't suit the moment it yes. arrives in the film. It brings it to a thunderous halt as well. Yeah. I hate it. I really, I'm not going to defend it in any way. Well, I lost out to a song which absolutely does define the film. I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman from Crossroads by Max Martin, Rami and Dido Armstrong. Oh, is that Dido Dido? That's the way. Dido, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not Dido Harding. Yeah, she's uh, coming on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miss Harding, the failures of Test and Trace, do you believe they were Razzie-worthy? Um, yeah, no, this is like a... Again, it's, it's a good song, and it, it it sums up the movie. Yeah. She isn't a girl. She's not yet a woman. She's <laughs> at a crossroads in her life. Yeah. yeah so Madonna got robbed of a, an award here. Then yeah, Mr. Razzy just has no idea what the fuck is going on. He hates teenage girls. We've discovered this, <laughs> and so that just makes the lack of a Harry Styles thing all the more puzzling because that is entirely on brand with mm. who and what Mr. Razzy is. But I looked it up for you, and so. Worst original song was brought back specifically for this year. Ooh. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West was the last actual winner, and then it disappeared for three years, and he brings it back just for 2002. Just for Britney, yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus. Again, like, when you're dogpiling on with the media, like, yeah. you are just, you have no fucking integrity, you have no, you're just, oh, I fucking hate it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the award should always be there for the record it should never have gone away and um, if you bring it back and don't give it to die another day then fuck you <laughs> and then we have we're ending on a high with one of his weird cop-out awards that he makes okay. up for a year and doesn't take off most flatulent teen targeted movie okay um okay so he doesn't he like listen he can't mean flatulent in a literal sense because yeah. some of these just make zero sense yeah so, like, so i think he's just saying movie aimed at young people okay. it's the boomer award for things which aren't aimed at me okay first nominee triple x no i mean like yeah i mean yeah it's it is the a targeted movie for like teenagers in the male demographic but like it doesn't have farts in it like what's this award mean i'm <laughs> and why is Triple X just showing up now? Like, yeah. what? Um, next one, Scooby Doo. I mean, it, like, yeah. Um, do you want your Scooby Doo to be fucking aimed at boomers? You know, like, <laughs> I um, think Scooby Doo does have that one flatulent where they're like, "Hey, man, like, pull my finger, Scoob." Okay, so yeah, it's got a fart joke in it. But like... that 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 one at least has one more than Triple X has. Okay. Um, then we have Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> yeah, it does have a fart joke in it. Um, okay, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Crossroads? No fart joke. I, I just watched this, but I wasn't watching it from the, the point of view of looking for any flatulence-based humour. So nothing stuck out to me. Dan so, Aykroyd might make one as Britney Spears is going out the door for all I know. he is meaning... Is he just being stupid and got the wrong word? Because is he just what? Does well, he yeah, that's it? what's so puzzling. Where I'm like, does he mean like is the fart a metaphor for its bad smelling and sort of like fades away? Or but the winner is Jackass the movie, which makes you think that he might mean it in the most literal, yeah, scatological okay, so, way. Which technically, yeah, I guess. I mean, it is it is the most flatulent movie on the list or in any of the nominations? I. Is he just is he just showing his boomerism? Um, I mean, 
but I, I didn't. So Jackass is a Razzie winning film now, you know, like, yeah. Uh, what the fuck did <laughs> I, I just love how like you're not angry. You're just puzzled. I'm like, watching your face here. It just seems like you're genuinely really confused. For I'm trying to work out. Um, <laughs> I, how do you award this? Like, what? <laughs> ah, yeah, what the fuck? Um, no, I mean... <laughs> Show yeah. your goddamn working, Mr. Razzie. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you mean? It. English um, motherfucker, do you yeah. speak it? Like, what? <laughs> I wonder if there's any follow-up or if he spoke about this in any way or, like, I don't. I really don't get this one. Like, oh, So, I, I know you've said he's not welcome on the podcast. Is he now welcome? What, what everyone else is going to be coming at him for, like, listen, Mr. Razzie, why do you nominate a 12 year old? And we're going to be like, okay, in 2002, you made up a category. And I don't think it makes much, much sense. Do you mind so, explaining what you were kind of going so, for? Um, so, does that mean, like, um, what's his name? Um, he's the director of Jackass again. Uh, oh, you're not meaning Spike Jones. You're no, meaning the guy who actually, Jeff Tremaine. Jeff Tremaine. Does that mean Jeff yeah. Tremaine? We have to get Jeff Tremaine the most flatulent <laughs> teen target movie <laughs> award. <laughs> How do you put the fuck? Um, yeah, I don't fucking hell. No, like, yeah, this is just a not that's going to be. That's going to be how you bankrupt Mr. Razzie. Is you're like, you need to give it to, like, you need to give it to, like, Spike Jones. You need to give it to Johnny Knoxville. You need to give it to Pontius. You need every, to, every member, <laughs> posthumous Ryan Dunn Razzie for. Uh... Uh, everyone but Bomb's going to get their award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I don't, like, I don't. I don't know. Make, like, if he, if he makes it, like, if he's a little bit more clear and, like, Worst movie targeted at teens or yeah. like whatever. That's fine. Then that's sure. fine. And then I would. Get if you want to award Jackass, whatever, go yeah. for it. Fill your boots. But you've not but, like, watched it. Make it clear what you're doing. Yeah. Like... Help us understand. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I want to. That's all I want, Mister Azzy. He's just. I just want to fucking... understand what you're doing. That's what you're saying. I'm surprised. Like Scorpion King's not in this category because this is just <laughs> films I haven't seen because I'm fucking an old man that doesn't have any pleasure in life. Like, oh Jesus! How is how is Scooby doing this category? Like, yeah. Oh. Okay, and on that note, we <laughs> have chalked off another year. So, um, I hope you have enjoyed listening. If you want to get in touch, then we are watching worst films at gmail.com. So, if you understand what Mister Razzi was trying to convey with the most flatulent teen targeted movie, half of which don't include any flatulence <laughs> if you have any better interpretation on that than us please please send us your send us your thoughts get in touch with any other comments or criticisms of any of the movie the podcast we'd love to hear from you Absolutely. you can follow us on social media where we are watching worst and next time we will be back with lawrence olivier sir lawrence olivier mm -hmm. sir larry's war epic Inchin from the 1980s. I'm not going to look up what year. I want to say <laughs> um, it's a film I, I've put off for the longest period of time now. I keep delaying it. I keep, yeah. oh no, let's watch fucking Swept Away and Dirty Love and <laughs> um, Rambo. I'm, I'm dreading this. This is. But we're going we... back to war, Kyle. We're going back. We're to going war. back. Um, and this time, do we get to win? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but you know what? I haven't seen it. 
it could be a pleasant surprise. It can't be worse yeah. than this. Um, It'll be a change of pace for sure. Yeah, like that's something to look forward to. Be more to talk about, I think, as well, which will be nice. And there'll be no flatulent team targeted movie awards from AA3. So, yeah. Parkies five. <laughs> <laughs> well, join us for that. Thank you very much. See you guys later. Analyze this. Analyze this. Analyze this. Analyze this. Analyze this.